welcome to Synthaholics. This is your host, David Duncan, and with me, my co-host, Brian Hello, Bannister. Hello, Brian. Hello. And returning guest, the yield Brad, in a suit. As always. Always wearing a suit. Guest, you might as well do it up. You, you better look good. Absolutely. Well, uh, last time we covered Arcane, it's been a bit, actually. Happy Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, all the above. We're in 2022 now, and you know what that means? We're in the future. We're in the future. Uh, the we're future actually in the year <laughs> that uh, Soylent Green takes place in. Yeah, I mean, it, we're heading that way. We're so close. Sounds well, delicious. Mm, yum. We are, we are here to speak upon the greatness that is Wheel of Time. Wheel of and Time? And as we always do... We start off with our initial ratings. I'm not going first. Okay, you can go. You you can go last. You know. Yes. Here, thank I'll you. I'll go. I'll go first. I can't. I'm not passing this season. I'm going to give it a six out of ten for reasons that we'll get into. But right now, I'm at a six. At the end of the podcast, we'll see where I get to because it seems sometimes our our ratings change as we talk about it. But right now, I'm at a six. Brad, you're up next. I'm going to give it about a 7.25. Ah, man, you ruined it, Brad. I I know, I know, but, and and again, we'll get into it, but as somebody who's not a fan, I have to judge it as, is it a decent show? And as a show, I don't know, we'll get into it. I, I have to also give it a six, and this is why Brad ruined it. We could have given the show the old six six six. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, the show um Mark of the Beast. As a fan, uh I am massively disappointed uh of the books. Um there are issues, uh some which they could not overcome due to uh Barney, uh the guy who played Matt leaving in the middle. I hope he's okay. I hope his family's okay. I do I the circumstances of him leaving uh, are not spoken upon on the internet, as far as I can find. Um, it, it was after one of the COVID breaks, and he didn't come back, so I hope he is fine. I hope his family's fine. Uh, I don't think he played Matt like Matt, but his performance was freaking amazing, and I loved him as Matt, uh, just because his performance was so strong, even though it wasn't like Matt in the books, but it was still a great performance, and I'm sad he's gone. Um, but that also caused a huge hiccup in production. But other people I've seen talk about this uh, this season and say, "Well, if they had ten episodes, it could have been better." I'm like, "Well, could it's would potentially it, where it could be better because what? originally the showrunner did ask for ten episodes and he was told no because did, they wanted to get it out sooner." He did ask for ten episodes, which which I get, but the thing is, if he got two more episodes, would he have tried to adapt the book or would he have still just made stuff up? Because that's that's my biggest problem with the show right now is that he adapted as little of the first book as humanly possible and he made the rest of it up. So, I mean, like, I don't know if two more episodes would have done the show any favors if he just kept making stuff up because I think that's why the show falls apart is because it's not following the structure of the book. I think two the more, best thing two you more episodes had, for two this episodes was character development. Yeah, two more episodes for this would not have made a difference. And the reason is is that they were going off book. The classic example is The Expanse. With the first season, they wanted 13 episodes, they only got 10. And so they said, "Well, we can't fit the first book into 10 episodes, so we'll do 
the first five of the second season will finish up the first book. And they did and such a good job. The second book. And, and, and again, that was a bold, bold decision. And it worked out for him. But it paid two off. more episodes when well. you're not following the book wouldn't have made any difference. That's the thing. I mean, the, the problem I have with the show as a whole is that it lacks character development for our main character. And we wasted two, like, I mean, this is a review of the second half of the show, but we're also kind of going to be, of course, doing the season recap. Uh, I, I assume your reviews were, your numbers were for this season. Yes. As a whole, yes. Uh, yes. Um, so Yeah, probably. Uh, episode five and six were mostly fabricated. Uh, as was four. Uh, as was one. I mean, more or less, the beats were in line with the show for episode one and book one, but they just showed completely different things that weren't written as it, that way in the books. It, of course, happened, so he was showing stuff that didn't happen, so that's fine, I guess, but episodes four, five, and six were mostly completely fabricated, and they had a couple scenes sprinkled in, like meeting, meeting Loyal, that was from the book, which was more or less right out of the book, except they met in a different town called Camelin, because they never... Loyal's met. cool. Loyal is cool. Loyal is awesome. I love Loyal. He's one of my favorite characters in the book. Um, well, it's like even talking about episode five. You and you and me watched episode five together. Yeah, and I kept asking. I kept. I just kept asking you questions. Like, okay, what does that mean? And you're like, I don't know. It's not in the book. Not in the book. I, you must have said that like six or seven times. I, I mean, that's, that's not a good sign. That that <laughs> I I mean uh, I I don't know. I mean, like the the thing is, I mean, our our main characters, Matt. Rand, Perrin, Eguin, Nynaeve, they all needed more character development. Guess what? We're going to develop a character that's going to commit suicide. Woo! <laughs> I mean, I mean, if we got two more episodes of Wheel of Time, would we have gotten another character and gotten a like whole episode suicide? about them who's also going to commit suicide? I mean, like, I am just... I cannot understand why you would buy the rights to Wheel of Time or, or attain the rights to the Wheel of Time and then not make the Wheel of Time. Like, if you, I, I'm not a, I'm I'm not someone who knows law or understands plagiarism com, uh, completely, but I might be wrong. But if you change all the proper names of of everything in the show, the names of cities, towns, uh, and everything, the people, it would probably be its own original work because fantasy follows all the same tropes. So I mean, like, I don't know why he had to call the show Wheel of Time and then make his own complete show. Well, there's a lot. Of, I'm sure there is stuff like uh, there's definitely things that happen in the show more than just using the name of the show. There, saying there, it's there is. But 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 episode five, we basically just had meeting loyal and then the wolves kind of coming to the rescue of parent and Eagle. Uh, that happens completely different in the book, but it's it's close enough and it looks really cool. So, I mean, I, I was a fine segment. Well, there's um, two things in episode five that I did. Well, one thing I enjoyed, one thing I found weird. Yeah. Was uh, we got more? What his name's Iman? Iman is the the white robe guy. Uh, the torch. Val- he was torturing uh, Egwene and Perrin. Child Valdar. Yes, Child Valdar. Him, whatever he was torturing uh, Perrin, yeah. and that's when we found out that he has like wolf powers or something. Wolf powers. Oh, it was hinted at earlier when the wolf came and licked his uh, bloody leg. Well, sure, yes. sure, there was that too. But we got like more. Like it wasn't just a coincidence. He is Wolfman mm-hmm. or something. I, I don't know. I have to say too much into it. 
whoever whoever Egwene's uh, agent is, she, they need to negotiate for a better contract because she had nothing to do this season. Nothing. If you would have taken her out of the show, you probably wouldn't have noticed. She's Rand's love interest. Yeah, that's why she's important, and she's parents. Yeah, that's why love. she's important, and she's parents. Maybe love interest. Maybe too, love, which love triangle. Also, maybe? also, also wasn't in the book. Again, it, it it's again no purpose, no direction. She has no arc over the ten episodes. She's just there. Yeah, she's well, just there. That's why uh, the showrunner made a lot of the changes he made to this season, especially in the last episode, which is probably one of the worst of the the entire show. He didn't want all the characters doing nothing because Rand pretty much does everything at the last. He destroys the Trollocs in the books. He finds the Horn of Lair in the books. He does all the cool stuff that the last episode happened. He does it all. He gets supercharged with the one power and he goes berserk. And it's amazing. And some people don't like it because it's sort of like it's so weird. It happens so fast. It's kind of hard to follow in the book. But um, he... It, he wanted it to be more of an ensemble show, which I mean, I get, but you're also undercutting the importance of the Dragon Reborn by like cutting out all the cool stuff he's, he's doing, and then sure. you're and then you're killing characters. Lord Lord Algomar, uh, the guy that he goes to defend the gap, and he gets a spear through his chest like two seconds uh, in out there. He's in the last book, alive and you know, alive and well. Yeah, made it through twenty five books. Again, it's one of these things, and and this is common with pretty much anything, was, and you say, I know the property, I respect the property, and then I want total control. Once they get that control, they say, well, I can do better than the original author. I can do better than what's suggested to me. I can do better than, and, and I, you know, great example, when... The Force Awakens was over. You know, J.J. Abrams left a ton of notes and a ton of suggestions and a whole script for The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson said, I want total control. They said, okay, you can have it. And what did he do? He took all of those notes, all of that everything, and threw it out. Oh, it's the same thing happened to George Lucas. Oh, here's a treatment for the next three movies. Since I'm not actually writing it, you can flush it out and make it better. No, they threw that in the garbage also. Well, to to be fair, I can understand why they did that because especially after after the you know, the prequels, they needed a fresh start. Lucas? So I don't I don't have a problem with that. The issue was is like I said, with The Last Jedi, it was almost spiteful, where it was one of these things of I'm not gonna let somebody tell me how to make my movie. Well he went as far as going to theories online and he's like, I'm gonna make sure I don't do any of them. Yeah, and and that might have been that might have been the same thing here with Wheel of Time, where the showrunner is like, "Well, I don't agree with the producers. I don't agree with the script supervisor. I can do better than all of that. I can make something that's going to be more entertaining for a general audience." Well, there's also that fine I, line you I, have to ride between I mean, it, people who read the books and I, people who have not. But the, the the funny thing is, like at least uh, at, at home, that failed completely. My wife is not a fan of the book. She has not read the books, and she's like, what the hell is happening? The entire time, as we're watching all the episodes, she's like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, I don't know either sometimes, because it's not following the book. I can only explain to you based on what I know from the book, and they're making so much stuff up. I don't know. I don't know. See, what this, long this, ride this, is why, this is why I gave this season the rating that I gave, is that as an outsider, 
it was an all right show. Okay. My parents are actually watching this right now. My parents are in their seventies and they're able to watch it and enjoy it the same way that they were able to watch and enjoy Game of Thrones, not knowing anything about it. Hmm. Well, Game of Thrones, to be fair, actually did follow the books way closer. There's, there, yeah, it's uh, significant. And, I mean, and, there's and, things they left out just because the Game of Thrones books are like when you, super long. I mean, you can cut things out for the sake of time. That's called yeah. an adaption. You're adapting the material to fit the time you're given. Wheel of Time was mostly fabricated. Yeah not adapted from the book at all I mean, it's l- as little as humanly possible that's what's driving me nuts about this because the first three seasons of game of thrones were close enough to the books where you could forgive changes and liberties and then they started diverging more from the books as they started running out of books um then I mean, they got into trouble and the, yeah, and then they just went absolutely insane uh but this is uh, so far away from the book material i i you know, halfway through the season, they could course correct. At this point, I'm not even sure how they're going to course correct. And I, they're not going to, as far as I'm aware. Um, from what I've read, uh, casting uh, Roseman Pike as Moraine is too important. And so the show is apparently her show now. Uh, I don't know if he's read the books. I mean, he says he's a fan, so I assume he's <laughs> read the books. But Moraine isn't in most of them. She's only she's a main and, and character I, in the first book, right? And then after the second one, she's kind of just not really she's, around. She's not in book two and three a whole lot. She's there. She's not in there a whole lot. She's in book four more, and then she and then either book four or five, she disappears until like the last book or the second to last book. She is gone for most of the time. So if they're trying to make her the main character, the show is going to be irreparably different than the show uh, than, than the books because they're I, just going to stick I, I to them. Yeah, I, I, are they are they gonna are they just gonna do four seasons and just like because from what it sounds like seasons two and three are gonna be combined into one season. Uh, what do you mean two and three are gonna books, books two and books three two or three, season? Books two and three are gonna be combined into one season supposedly, so oh, that gosh. um they can feature more of Moraine. And I guess that's what they they what they did to her at the end of episode uh, eight. Well, this the show is definitely redeemable for sure i mean the witcher <laughs> season one was not good it was it wasn't really that good i'd give that one a six as well but season two for the witcher they did improve things and they were able to change it up i'm not saying this i'm not saying the show is irredeemable i'm just not i'm just not sure if they could ever get back on track to follow the books at all at this point like they've changed so much killed people who aren't dead uh made up so much stuff that's not in the books i don't know how they can course correct to get to the books. It's 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 going to be really weird. I think difficult. It's going to be difficult. Well, and at this point, honestly, from what they've shown, they they don't they don't care about the books at this point. They really don't. The books are window dressing for the story that 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 the showrunner is trying to tell. It's a kill, that, it's a kill, that's just how it is. Like he'll pull small things from the book here and there, and that's about it. So we've kind of yep. talked about episode five. Episode six starts off with an awful cold opening. We um, learn about uh, Susan. Swan, 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 whatever, whatever. I was super confused when I first saw her. I was like, what the heck? Is, who is she? She's not in the first book. Oh, they don't, whoa. They don't She's go, not even in the first book? They don't go to Sarvalan at all in the first book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Right. <laughs> so, well, 
the highlight of this episode before we really get into it was that uh moraine takes a bath that was that's my highlight oh yeah <laughs> we get our first boobies oh she's also we get... she's also in love with uh with her swan yes yeah, yeah she's, she's also with, in love with swan they're they're pillow friends is that's that how, that's how is that described. that's not in the books right there's no way that's in the books they are right? described as pillow friends in the book. Some people say that is that they oh, okay. were lovers. Some people says that that uh, they experimented. Look, this is basically an all girls school, an all girls Hogwarts. Uh, that's true. That's true. This will happen of, sometimes. A lot of scissoring. It all comes back to scissoring. I mean, this will happen sometimes. I mean, like it's, it's experimentation's going to happen. You don't have. Yes, boys we are. Them. By the way, we are the perfect group to be discussing this in these terms. <laughs> um so i mean this is this is it's gonna happen like it's gonna happen in a higher percentage like like uh like the way people generate sexuality like generally homosexuals is in a lower percentage in in a regular population but in a concentrated population of just females you're probably gonna have a higher percentage of people experimenting and either figuring out they like it or don't like it. how do you know this uh Stop. I got news for you. You look at it, look at a prison population. It's the same same yeah, way. It's, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at. I mean, it's it's basically the same thing. You're just, but except you're in a school or a tower, and and after it's your school, you kind of, it's kind of your home. You live there. I mean, you know, Rain hadn't been to her home in years, so it, you know, I I hate to say it, but I I used to work in a jail, and we used to have to read inmate letters, and that was the thing is like all these women once they got out. We would get these letters in and it'd be like, you know what? Yeah, it was cool when we were hanging out, but, you know, now I'm on the outside and things are different. And so we're probably not going to see each other again. And it's just how the world works, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just it, it, when you're in a certain setting, you know, certain things happen and that's fine. So, I mean, like in the books, it was the books came out in the 90s and homosexuality wasn't super like, in it wasn't in it wasn't like something you could get away you could get like your book censored a lot so he used the term pillow friends so i mean like the, the fact that they slept together isn't a big deal uh in the books moraine is pretty much for sure by because she ends up with tom okay books. well uh, Brad's, that's making, okay. Brad's making this horrible face, and, the, and the, it's funny that you're making the face because Tom in the show doesn't look that bad. He doesn't look that old. In the books, he's described as much older sounding. So I, I made, I made that face when I found out too. I'm like, what? It's just, it's one of those things. There's, you don't really, you I don't see, that see like what she would kind of see in him unless he's like he's just like her dad or something. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm I'm just saying that she's not a hundred percent gay. She's probably bi uh, because of the way the book pans out. Probably, maybe. Probably. I mean, I mean, it, it's presumable she slept with Swain for sure in 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 the books. That scene also, I mean, that was definitely made up because that wasn't in the book. It wasn't in book one. They didn't go to Tarval, and Swan isn't even in book one. Uh, that's all made up. Um, I mean, were they lovers? Probably at some point. Um. That's fine. I mean, I don't have an issue with that happening. No, I don't care either. I do want to say when uh, they pro- well, they had to bring Swan into this because of what happens in this episode is Moraine gets kicked out of the tower, I guess. Also, it didn't happen. Uh, in the also, it, it was very specifically worded. So all she has to do is say, come back to the tower. I mean, it, oh, yeah, it, that's why it, it's it was so dramatic. But you saw that. I mean, 
it was so specifically worded that all it would take is literally just a summon back to the tower and everything's clear. But the problem is they use the oath rod. The oath rod should not be used frivolously for another oath. Just her being an eye to die and not being able to lie and say, I promise I will not come back unless summoned should have been all it was required. The, they were just trying to get their rocks off showing how the oath rod works. We're going to see the oath rod in future seasons. If you decide to follow the freaking books, well, you know, what was the to- point of the oath rod. If they can't lie or anything, why'd they even need to use it? Exactly. There was no freaking point of doing the fourth out. <laughs> oh, you know, it, it would have been like Star Wars without a lightsaber battle, right? I guess. It's, it's the, Chekhov's oath rod. Well, it'd be a, I, I, that'd be a lot worse fight. The, the, with... <laughs> it's, the, it, it's, it, it's the oath double-ended dildo. Um, uh, you know. It's the oath double-ended dildo? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, they also go into... Uh, this is where they go in to the uh ghost place i uh the they go after she gets exiled they go into i don't oh, know yeah they go into the ways and they and they uh yeah the ways yeah they go into the ways mm-hmm. that's where the episode that was, ends that was by the way a terrible terrible setting because it's like you've okay so you've got this gateway there is no sign of a road leading up to it there is no sign of that i mean it just it clearly looked like you just had a crew come in and build this thing in the middle of a field that it, it was bad. <laughs> well, this is kind of there also in the books, the gateway is like hidden in some kind of like alley. It's like, just blends in it with the wall. It blends in with the walls. Uh, you, it you... was like going to, uh, in Harry Potter when they go to, uh, uh, whatever that place is or, or Dr. Strange. Yeah. Oh yeah, and or Doctor Strange. So, so that's what it's like in the books. You also that, that would have again that would have been better. That what they did looked really cheap. It was just in a field. Yeah, but, but the thing is, it would have been even cheaper because it would it could have just been a wall on one of their existing sets that had leaves on it. Because the way the way gates open in the books is that there's a leaf hidden in in the design that's actually removable. It doesn't look like it is, but you can pluck it out. It opens up the gate, and you put it back in, and it closes the gate. You do not need the one power to open the gate. That's how they move Trollocs. That's how the Trollocs got from wherever to the two rivers. It's the same security system I have on my house. Yeah, just a leaf. Yeah, some leaf, it just comes out. Well, they didn't. Uh, They chose not. So they sounds like they chose not to do that and chose to put it in the middle of the field then. I mean, it sounds like they, they chose to do a more expensive way of Rob. doing it like i just it, it doesn't make a lot of sense the, the way they did it. it the way they did it. it's like here let's waste money on this giant way gate when it could have been done and the thing is brad said it looked cheap and bad but the thing is it could have been done even cheaper if they followed the way it was in the book just put it and in it could alleyway. have looked better possibly maybe <laughs> probably <laughs> stuff like that 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 ruins shows for me because it's like that's so amateur who made these decisions who storyboarded this out this, this isn't i mean this is planned out and storyboarded and, and built in miniature and, and approved at so many points along the way. How did nobody step back and say, this looks bad, let's not do it this way? Well, there might have been those conversations, but somebody might have, whoever's in power just said, I don't care, this is what exactly. I want. Who made those decisions? The showrunner. I, I, I don't know. I, the, see, the thing is, these books are incredibly long. They're incredibly detailed. They describe what these things look like. The Aes Sedai ring was described meticulously. 
thousands of times throughout the books. That's what I hear is and uh, he was ring... very he described things like insanely to but, the point where like that's a criticism. Yes. I, I mean, I've heard that's, that the, the that's... details are to the point that you can lose your place because yeah. you're reading the details and don't notice that it switched to like a different scene because the the details just kept flowing. That's that's the thing. But the thing is, there's so many details, and the fact that they're getting so much of the costume design, the 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 uh, the set design, the you know the ring design, the Sean Sean design wrong is just like why? Like it's just well, it's just like fair, they're, they're just changing stuff to change it. It's well, as, as someone who's who hasn't read the books, I thought the costumes and the sets and all that were i thought they were fine for the most part i was cool well, with them it didn't look bad it, it didn't it, look bad it's fine but the, the, the thing that bothered me is the ring and the sean chan that's that's the thing from a costuming perspective that is wrong like the rings don't aren't described as ring pops in the uh in the books <laughs> they're not well, it. as far as costuming i want rand's jacket because that jacket is that's a good look that thing looks like- warm I like Moraine's like shoulder pad. She looks awesome. She looks like a battle mage. I like her. They outfit. all look cool. I they, think they all look cool. They do, except in the books it's subtle. Like they they wore whatever color dress they wanted to and they wore a shawl to represent what Aja they were at. Because I mean like it, it in in the way the show is presented, uh every white cloak should be able to immediately pick out an ice and eye, especially a group of them if they're all re- traveling together wearing red or blue or yellow because they're all wearing like obvious colors. In the sure. books, they kind of they wore whatever. I mean, sometimes, yeah, Moraine would wear a blue dress, but she didn't always wear blue exclusively, no matter what. She always had her blue shawl. You don't understand, David. Your audience is a bunch of babies that can't understand that if you're not wearing blue, that you're not a blue wizard. <laughs> uh, Gandalf the white. Gandalf the gray. I'm, I'm too stupid to figure it out. Well, I mean, that's really where the show is made from. It's made and to. It's made for. We don't put if we don't put the captain of the ship in a different colored shirt, we might get confused that he's the guy in charge, and not Uh-oh. swapping the poop decks. All them Clean poop the poop decks. decks. Uh, so the that episode ends with our our sad Barney being left behind. Obviously, just random shots they had. Of I him didn't. Standing I didn't there. know that. I didn't know that he had problems. I didn't know that he was like, he had to leave the show because I thought he was, I thought there, so is he not going to, do we know if he's in season two or not? Because I liked Matt. (laughs) Recast him. He's been recast. Oh, he's recasted? Okay. Yeah. Although, I mean, I hope this guy is a good actor. This new guy, he's got like, his headshot is more of him with a smile and Matt's always been described as having this woman's, Matt in the book was always described as having this winning smile that always got him in the trouble with girls. Because they would just kind of swoon for him or whatever, and he could just like pick up whoever he wanted because he was cute and whatever. So I'm hoping this will be a mat that feels more like the book mat. So we'll have to uh, see. Uh, we'll have to see. So uh, that's a big change. Um, Matt just leaves because they, they just had to shoot it that way because he, he left the no show. Choice. They have to show. I thought, so, I, now that I know that, I guess that's okay. I'm okay with the way they had to do it. I mean, the the thing is, the ending two episodes. We're gonna be a train wreck no matter what because of his departure. They're gonna have to write weirdly around it. Although, if they would have followed the book more, it wouldn't have mattered as much because Rand does everything in the, in the at the last uh, second. 
But episode seven opens with the best, best cold open. The best cold open of the entire season. Probably the second best scene behind the Manetherin scene. The Manetherin song scene is still my favorite scene in the entire show. The it opens up with an ale maiden of the spear, pregnant, and just fucking people up. Like just I think them have a bad the best day. acting scene of twenty twenty one. It Remember when I told you I was waiting for that oh wow moment to recommend it? It was that's where it was. You just right there. That this was your it. Sir Arthur Dane. That was your Jamie Lannister and Ned Stark battle. That was that was it right there. Make it oh. seven episodes in. Oh, it was beautiful. It was I great. mean, it I was mean like they, they should have had this like show up sooner so we could have gotten like that that recommendation moment because that was such an awesome scene. She was amazing. Yeah, what if the show started with that? Because the cold I mean, open, it's not, the cold it's open not in, in the cold open. And this that, isn't in book one, right? The what she had, what's going on with that cold open? That's not book one or two, isn't that book three? I don't. I don't. Remember. I don't remember where this scene takes place. I mean, like it's a flashback. I mean, it it obviously happens because um, Tam Althor says he found the uh, a maiden of the spear dying on Dragon Mountain. He helped her with the baby, and he he raised the baby as his own. So I mean, like it's described generally loosely like that in the books. They're just showing us what happened, which is fine. I mean, like it wasn't described like that exactly, but I mean. It was a it was cool, cool scene. Like, if you're going to add stuff that makes sense and adds to the lore uh, and expands what we know, that's great. When you're making up stuff about characters who never in the books, that's where I start having issues. But this was great. This was amazing. It was well choreographed, beautiful. Like, like the the, the funny thing about the show, beyond some of the writing issues and how how, how it doesn't follow the books. It's also super inconsistent in how they shoot things and how good things look. This is probably one of the best looking scenes in the entire show. For sure, from a te- from a te- from a technical filmmaking perspective, the camera work is great. The, the- when she's run- they're running up behind her with the camera. They yeah. had like the camera following her. Yeah, like they 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 did really good shots. I mean, this was the best scene in the. And then they and then all these other scenes are really boring, bland shots. There where they didn't do correct color grading and all this other stuff. Like this scene, and then the it's also got to be mostly CGI. She's probably just on a green screen stage because she's like on the mountain slopes. Yeah. You know, well, like, that was something that was something else I I pointed out to David is yeah, these scenes are really well choreographed and go really well when you can take stuntmen and put helmets on them and and you know, stunt women that don't have to deliver dialogue. I mean, that helps, I guess, but uh man, it I is... mean, again, you know, I, I'm I'm watching like uh Daredevil season 3 right now and and again, some of those fight scenes and stuff like that where they have to move stuntmen in and out and whatever like that. And it's like, because you're not going to get a, one actor that can just do these continuous fight scenes with all the blocking and choreography and deliver dialogue and everything like that. It, it's it's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it is what it is for the most part. There's not much more you can say about it, really. Yeah. They did. Uh, they just did such a great job with that with that cold open and brutal and great and she, and like that's setting a precedent for how awesome the maiden uh, of, of the spear are and how awesome the ale are like that's one thing the show nails like that's pretty much how i imagined uh ale to look they'd be badass they'd be able to take people out and they use spears that's correct the only only gripe i kind of have with the scene is that she lowers her her mask which mm-hmm. 
Tom made a point of saying, when the mask is lowered, you're safe. When the mask is up, you're a dead man. Like, they built, they, they, they mentioned that in the lore of the show, and then they just forgot about Disregard it. Disregard it. I, I mean, like, I, I mean, like, that's how it is in the books. When the, when they're, when they're, the mask is up, they're in killing mode. But the thing is, people are like, oh, she's having a baby. And I'm like, fine. And I mean, people want to see the look on her face when she's killing people and stuff. And also, it does show more emotion. It does show more. It hard. I mean, like, I understand from a filmmaking perspective, and it is a good, just from a, like, it's a, it's a minor gripe from a lore perspective, especially since Tom did bring it up, bring it up earlier in the series. So, like, they're kind of, like, forgetting their lore. It has also especially a problem in episode eight, where they're like, don't touch anything in the blight, but go fall asleep in the blight. That's cool. Yeah, We're not there yet. We're not like, yet. I know, that, that I know. It looked like a safe seven. place to rest. It was the same thing in the, in the ways. I'm like, that doesn't look like a good place to camp out. We're just, well, hold on. We got. We got to. We got to get through episode seven first. Yeah, yeah, episode okay. eight is where we're going to spend all our time talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so another, let's let's jump to another part of episode seven. Uh, right. Nynaeve is in love, I guess, with Lan. Yep. They mm-hmm. they, they love each other. That's mm-hmm. they show that. This is where we see the uh, fortune future teller person that I don't fully Man. understand. I've watched her scenes multiple times. I'm still kind of confused. Like where she's just kind of. A barmaid person well, that can see the future. Yeah, um, she's described as a tomboy and wearing pants in the book. I can't even get that right. Oh yeah, she wasn't wearing that. She was not wearing <laughs> pants. Like, it's it's like it's like, it, like a tomboy. It, it, it's it's like one of the main descriptions of her in the book that she's a tomboy and she's always wearing britches. Well, you know, and she's wearing like a, a dress and. But like it was cool. Uh, she was supposed to be like way, way earlier in the series, but they put her here for whatever reason. I thought she was cool. What do you guys think of her? I, I love she her. Was cool. She's she one of my favorite cool. characters. It's just, yeah, yeah it's cool. it's just we kind of need a little bit of uh, you know explanation if you're gonna have yeah that's yeah that's my problem. If you're gonna drop Android in the middle of your story, uh, kind of explain that. Well, I think they would it would it would have been easier to explain earlier because she's introduced pretty early on. In, in the book, and they dump her in late, and, you know, they just say she sees glimpses in the pattern. So basically, and I, I like the way they kind of described it in the show, is that, like, basically, when Tam took Rand as a child through Tarvalon, where she was, Rand is such a Taviran t- uh, t- uh, that he warped the pattern around her and made her start seeing visions. Like, he changed her into what she is when he was a baby, just by being near her, which was kind of cool. Like, he just gave her the ability to see visions, and they all come true. She basically can see uh, the future. She sees things about people, like what they are, what they're hiding. Like, she, she, she sees the truth of things. How does she get these powers? I just said. Yeah. <laughs> when, oh, when, okay. When would Tam Tam happen to walk Rand right next to her, and him being Taviran... Gave her those powers, like the Taviran. Okay. What Rand, uh, t- Pat, Matt, Perrin, uh, and I guess now they're saying Nynaeve and Eguin are Taviran. They weren't in the books, but they might as well have been. Like they've got just as much plot armor, basically, as everyone uh, as the other three guys. So I mean, they they might as well be Taviran. I don't. Yeah, have Brian. Issue. Brian, we don't we don't start drinking till we start on episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> so you know she is. You know she. It, 
she's caught up in the pattern near Rand and the pattern knew Rand needed her in his life later on and needed, and he would need these powers in her. So the pattern gave her that power as he brought, brought by her. Like it doesn't happen very often for people, but she, she is, she becomes a main character of the the show. Okay. I got, I mean, in the books anyway, like she, she, she is very important. She's pretty much Rand's sidekick through most of it. A lot of it. My little brain was trying books, to catch yeah. up. Which would be cool, because she, she was a really good actress. I mean, you could definitely, like, she delivered a lot of sarcasm, a lot of weariness and stuff like that in, in a very small role. So she was good. I hope they keep her around. Yeah, I mean, she's, I she's a big character in the books. I mean, Rand keeps, yeah. her, keeps her by him all the time. I mean, like, Rand has a couple girlfriends at the series, and she pretty much, like is the only one that actually travels with him on wherever he's going. I mean, she's there for the road. Yeah. I mean, sometimes he goes off on his own, but like, she's there with him a lot. Well, I can't remember really much more that happens in episodes. Uh, um, uh, Perrin says, Oh, is that pod and fane? I like that guy. <laughs> Big mouth man. He's, he's, he says that in episode uh, seven. Okay. Well, he's also in episode eight. That, oh, is he? Yeah, he's a, he's in episode eight. Well, that's but he's towards the end. So let's start at the beginning of episode eight, where they uh, Rand Moraine has discovered he's a dragon reborn. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's in episode seven. Doesn't yeah. he say that at the end of episode seven? He's he goes to Moraine. I am the dragon reborn. It's me. He's, Take yeah, me. It's me. After he's done shooting his arrows into oh, some hay, because her her prophecy is that. If they all go into the eye of the world, that they'll all die. Um, that doesn't happen in the books. They all go to the eye of the world. They're all fine. Well, according to the show, you're wrong. <laughs> Again, it just seemed like, okay, so we've got no training, no briefs, no montage, no nothing. We've just gotten these characters together. Let's take them to the eye of the world. Let's take them to the most dangerous place that there is. No one is armed. No one is prepared. We have no provisions. Let's just go. Yeah, see, in the book, like, all throughout, Lan is giving the... Actually, before they get separated, Lan is giving Matt random... They they should have had a montage, like, super early on, like, in episode two. Like, before they got the Shadow Logoth of him training them. Because he trains them all in their weapon. Like, he trains Aaron in the axe. He trains Matt in the, the bow. Because he uses the quarter staff and the rand of the sword because he's got the heron mark sword. Um, also, we should definitely talk about the cold open for episode eight. It was they go back in time. It was my second and second favorite and also most hated cold open. <laughs> it starts off with them going three thousand years, three thousand years back. Was it? This is the original. <laughs> this is the dragon. This is this is a uh, Luz Theron Telamon. And when they go back in time. Yes, Lugasa Junior. Got it. Uh, who's Theron? Uh, so the look of the Age of Legends was amazing. They got that right. There were flying vehicles. It was super futuristic and high tech because men and women were using. That threw the- me for a loop. Men- that was uh, when I saw flying cars. I was like, "What in the world?" <laughs> okay, because because okay, so the Wheel of Time, uh, the 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 first age. We are living during the first age. We are yeah. in the first age right now. The second age is the age of legends, where the one power is discovered, and men and women can use the one power, and they are able to 
make amazing things using the one power in concert because you can only do certain things with the one power if men and women work together. That's partially why the third age is so dystopian because only women are using the one power because they can't accomplish the great things they accomplished in the age of legends because the one power is now tainted from, from the, the male half. So all the visuals in the cold open were freaking amazing. Everything else about the cold, cold open was a travesty to the lore of wheel of time because <laughs> it is, well, they did it, follow it, the book. And, they, did, they, they showed they showed flying cars. They should. I mean, <laughs> but everything, all the dialogue was completely wrong. Like I, it, it made me so angry. Yes, she was against his plan to go to the Dark One, but she did not know that the Dark One would taint the One Power. She did not know that, like all these things she was saying, like as fact, like she did not know any of this. She had a different plan, and they had to back off on her plan because uh, it, it wasn't going to work. And like I just I just it makes me so mad and and, the, and even in the dialogue that they set up in the show like she she's he's asking her if you help us we can win and she's like yeah nah we're not gonna help you we're just gonna pick up the pieces and I'm like you're not you're not saying no it won't it won't matter if we help See, this you. is what you're we just... call in the business an exposition dump because they got uh... to episode ten and realized. We haven't explained anything, so all of a sudden we're going to put this person in that knows everything and is going to predict everything that's going to happen, and it's going to not feel natural at all. Because it's wrong. It's it's wrong against the, the lore of the show. And then she called him the Dragon Reborn. Um... And this turning of the wheel, he... it sounds like you're struggling to about what you're going to say. You're like, oh god, I hate this... <laughs> Um, you see, the dragon, he is technically the dragon reborn, but he's just the dragon because this is a new turning of the wheel. This is the second age. He is the first dragon of, of this turning of the wheel. The third age is the dragon reborn because they named him dragon in the second age. He is not the dragon reborn. He's well. the dragon. And then in the third age, he's the dragon reborn. And then in the fourth age, he'd be the dragon reborn. And then once the wheel turns and starts over again... There would be the dragon, and the dragon reborn, the dragon reborn. reborn. In, in the fourth age, he'll be, you know, Mittens, Destroyer of Worlds, and... I mean, he'd probably be the dragon reborn again in, in the third age, because he's 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 loose there in Telamon reborn. Um, but, oh, it's just... Like, it's just... She's just... Everything she says just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, why are you ruining this? Like, she, she had her own reasons in the book for being against it. And they could have, like paraphrased it but she made it all her dialogue was made up to be like men are bad women are good it's the same thing we get in the in the new star wars movies and the new star trek series men are useless women have all the answers all the time and it's just like uh it sounds like that hurt to get out like it, it hurt your soul to <laughs> To explain it, that. It, 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 it's just everything's the same. Everything's cookie cutter of the same thing. Star Wars, Star Trek, now Wheel of Time. Everything's doing the same thing. And it's not exciting or riveting television when or, or movies when you're doing the same thing as everyone else is doing. And it's But it's safe because it, everybody else has done it. It comes out uninspired every time. And I'm just like Look, 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 we can't all be Firefly where You've got a whole team of people that work together to achieve a task, you know, where some people have good ideas, other people have bad ideas, and everybody works together and, and achieves a goal. We can't do that anymore. 
or Star no. Trek or old Star Trek where they did the same thing as Firefly. New Star Trek, it's all Michael Burnham all the time, all the way. Uh, of course. <laughs> well, moving past the cold opening of <laughs> episode eight. Clearly, David's about to cry about this cold opening. Got to move on a little bit to. We haven't even gotten uh, to the bad parts yet. <laughs> yeah, we haven't got there yet. But it's let's like, let's. The cold opening for you two. The cold opening what? for you two was like, wow, that's cool, and I'm just like, <laughs> why is it in another language? Why? <laughs> it's the it's the old tongue. Okay, explain that. Why? It's it's, it's like cunnilingus. It's like it's like the old way of cunnilingus. I guess I don't know. Again, it's it's one of these things that it's like, okay, if you're going to put something in, in your stories like this, that's fine, but put a reason behind it, okay? But why are they speaking the old tongue? Why, you know, why do we have to see them speak it in this other way? Why can't they just say, you know, maybe have an accent or something like that? But no, it's, it's they've got to put it in this language that ruins the performance. Well, that's that's the way they decided to do it. Okay, yeah, hopefully when, when Lou Theron starts talking to Rand, um, hopefully uh, he'll be speaking in English and not the old tongue. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed on that one. Which, which, by the way, wouldn't make sense. If it's really if it's really him, then they should speak two different languages, shouldn't they? Don't think about it. They, they obviously haven't. <laughs> Don't think about it, because the showrunners have not either. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Again, who is making these decisions? Uh, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Paging, paging Jeff Bezos. Who's who's making Jeff these Bezos? decisions? Hello. Are you in we space? Understand. Are you in space, or are can you, you talk space? about real time right now? <laughs> Jeff Bezos is worth two hundred billion dollars. I don't think that he's that focused. He's, he's on, not directly on directly time. involved. What? He's not directly involved. He's not directly involved. You're hey, breaking my heart. Hey, he he wants his Game of Thrones, and they have barely delivered any tits. So, um, I'm pretty sure he's not doing the right thing. Uh, Jeff Bezos, hello. Like we get, we get like eight. We got like we got like old middle aged woman tits in the in the bath scene that that Brian was so excited about. So we know Brian likes milfs. <laughs> well, and this and again, this is this is part of the problem that that I look at and I said with the with the first four episodes and also with Arcane. Who is this made for? Okay, this is this is not made for the Game of Thrones crowd because it doesn't have the level of of violence and and profanity and everything else that well, Game of Thrones made for as many people want. as possible. It's not made for the fans of the books because they're not sticking to the books. Who is this made for? As it's, many people as possible. It's made for Rafe, the showrunner. He's he's doing his own thing and he'll, <laughs> he'll do his own private <laughs> showings. But there's own private it's showings. Made for him. He'll he'll jerk, he'll, jerk, for him. he'll jerk off to it because like this is mine now. This is mine. I ruined it for everybody. Yes. <laughs> it's made in my image. Fat, 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 <laughs> I make people angry <laughs> and it makes me horny. <laughs> That's probably it. <laughs> We've now answered that question. Next. We figured it out. Well, you know what? You know what? The, I the, hope uh, you're right. In the forest? I hope you're right. <laughs> he made his own private movie theater in his house. Yeah, just just to watch, just to watch his own show. Like this is yeah, made just, for me. I made this for me. You're watching this podcast. You're like success. <laughs> People are starting to realize. Oh man, 
I hope he will. Because your anguish sustains me. <laughs> I have lots of oh, anguish. Gosh. I, I hope I make you happy, Rafe. Okay, so, episode eight. Uh-huh. Where do you all want to start? There's a lot to unpack here. Well, <sighs> you you pick. Okay, I pick. Moraine fake dies. Oh, the dream? Oh, oh my god, the dream. Oh my god. Okay. Um, I triggered you. Okay. The the show really needs to, to start differentiating between uh having your dreams invaded and being in the world of dreams. Because Rand committing suicide in the world of dreams would would have resulted in him dying in real life. Oh wow, that's completely different from Wow, he, his his dream might have been invaded, and if it was his regular dream being invaded by Balzaman, that is fine, because it's a regular dream. It's in it's in his mind. But if he moves into the world of dreams, which is something you can do if you're practiced enough, um, Perrin's wolf abilities actually just let him wolf dream whatever, and that takes him to the world of dreams. Aes Sedai have Angriel, which let them enter the world of dreams. Um, whenever they want, and some people can do it just on their own. They just have the ability to just enter the world of dreams. Yeah, um, just put on the, the red and black sweater and the fedora and the, the claw hand, and you just go into the yeah in the world of dreams, yeah. So you can do uh, different things, but I, they really need to start explaining that there's a difference between the world of dreams and the regular dreams, because, I mean, uh, I, I think in the... When Balzaman invades their dreams, they're they're just invaded. But they were all together at one point, like in the one dream where Perrin was like hammering the one thing, the 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 corpses with his hammer, and they were all kind of together. That might have been the world of dreams because it looked a little bit different. They're not explaining this in the in the show lore. Not at all. Shows not, not, not at all. <laughs> and there is two separate things. So Rand shoving a sword into his belly, like he shouldn't be too cavalier about that in the future because he might kill himself. He just hasn't learned that yet. I hope He'll so. He'll learn when he dies. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Also, I like how Moraine's like, do not touch anything. <laughs> Jump to next scene. Rand is like on the ground <laughs> sleeping. Touching, touching everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the books, Moraine creates a, sp- a safe space with the power. She didn't where, do that. Where they're able to rest. And it's a whole group of them. Also, from the ways, they send the horses away. I know this was a couple episodes ago. But in the books, they bring the horses with them. The horses are fine in the ways. <laughs> the, the well, ways. there's one horse in particular that you like. What's, there's a named horse. Ta-da! She makes it all the way to the last uh, book. <laughs> again, it's one of those things, and, and this is this is where me and Brian like Brandon Sanderson so much. You set rules and you follow those rules. Well, they, okay. Robert Jordan does in the books. Well, yeah, he uh, he's in the books. He has rules. In the show, there is no rules. <laughs> no rules. Exactly. No rules. Just right. <laughs> oh, uh, again, we we if you know we want to know the rules. You've spent all this time to explain these things. The one thing that I will give him credit for is that they made it very clear that you can't. You know, women can't see men's weaves, and so. When Rand is using his powers, we don't really know that he's using it. And I think that that was cool right up until the moment that they showed it. But other than that, they say these rules and then they throw them away. You know, well, yeah, don't we're say- bonded and we always know where each other are and we feel each other's pain. Oh, wait, now I have no idea where she is. Well, yeah. they established her, her mask in the bond when she went to go sleep with Swan. 
So he, she, I guess she just does it to hide from him whenever she doesn't want her him to know where where he is. Also, so, so why bother going into the bond at all if you can just turn it on or off? I mean, it does give you benefits, I, I guess, when it's when it's on. Sure. So it's like marriage, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it on and off. My wife is not here right now, just for the record. <laughs> you will not be dying live on podcast. Oh wow, that would be that'd be a oh, oh, neat trick. She watches this. <laughs> well, in the in the dream, brain dies, and she doesn't really die. But my favorite part was when Rand shoots an arrow, and you sucks it into sucks it into his head. And then I was, I did not think we were going to see his face, but apparently we were allowed to see his face. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that took away a lot of the mystery for me. He didn't see it. It didn't feel as mysterious anymore. Once you like, see like, oh, this is a, he just looks like a dude. I did, lo- have I to give you a villain a face though. I loved his performance though. Like I, I, yeah. I his performance I, is good. I hate that they used the scary face for jump scares because in the books, yeah, that seems he, like all it was used for the entire so, show. It was just for jump so scares. dumb. It was just, it, they weren't even scary jump scares either. They were just like, Bleh. and the books, he speaks to them with the fire face, and he's trying to figure out which ones is Dragon Reborn. He's taunting them, and he's being mean. Like he is a villain, and. He just it does jump scare. It was just dumb. Like they just wasted his, his use. In he's the scaring book. us. He's and not then, scaring the people in the show. He's scaring us. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but he. But he's the the guy that got to play him. He was amazing. I love him. I hope we see more of him. He was phenomenal. Hopefully we see more. God, I would was, think he, we would see was, more. He was so good. He he's he's not the dark one. He yeah. is one of the Saken. Yes. So, so that so that's not the dark one. Not the dark. See, right. I thought that was the dark one. No, that is one of the Forsaken. Well, he says in the in the show they do say he's the dark one. Yes, multiple times. Well, he's I just think, he's, right? he's just putting on a show. He's just he's just yeah. a, a bit of theater. Yeah, I, I liked it because theater? again, it 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 put a face to the bad guy. You know, it, it that's one of once again going back to, you know, episode you know, seven, eight, and nine of Star Wars that we don't really have a really established, good, well-known villain. You know, it's like, okay, oh, well... We've done about Palpatine for forever. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah Palpatine's been around. <laughs> Somehow he lived. He lived. He made it. So, well, so I did like the fact that they, they put a face to him. You can tell that he's the bad guy, but he's not some kind of, you know, drooling maniac. He's... He's threatening, but not you know maniacal. I like that about him. Well, in the books, yeah. he, in the books, he's batshit crazy, and I, I, it's it's nice that they kind of tapered him back because he'd be a like, lot. If he's supposed to be super crazy, they really they really made him. They really toned him back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's 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 kind of. He nice. seemed like he was a genius, like oh, yeah. the way he was talking. He was all like mysterious. And- I like the way they did it. I like the way they played him as mysterious and like suave and like sexy bad guy and I, I liked it a lot it was so well done i i loved his performance i want to see more of him <laughs> um i think we will i think we will it, 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 so, was, it was really good but, but the uh that scene was also just really weird so that scene where he's like ta- he's tempting rand with uh breaking the pattern and, and manipulating the pattern to his own 
when they get into the shrine or whatever the heck thing whatever that building the eye is of the world um so is that the that wait that's the name of the building that they're in <laughs> the or eye is... of the i guess so because the eye of the world in the book is not the eye of the world in the show the eye of the world is like a pool of sadine the male oh. half of the one power okay which okay. they didn't do so the eye of the world like in the books, the Dark One's prison is Shale Ghoul. It's this other place in the Blight. And I guess, I'm guessing they're saying his prison is here at the Eye of the World and not at Shale Ghoul. Or if, I don't know if they're going to use Shale Ghoul for something else. I don't know. I it, Maybe this is just one of the seals for the Dark One's prison because the Dark One had like seven seals. That was like. See, what, you're, what you're describing is very expensive. So we're not going to see it on the show. Yeah. So. Uh, so the, well, I feel I, the, like they should have a limited budget. It's an Amazon show. It's Why not something you go to Home Depot and just buy off the back of a truck. You're yeah. not going to see it. I mean, <laughs> if, if he were in prison in like a prefabricated shed, then we would see it. So the uh, the Eye of the World being this pool of Sadine was uh, was um, switched out for the Tangriel that had like a hundred men's power put into it or whatever. Like it was they, they, it was. More or less the same thing. They just swapped it out for the Tangriel, and they just removed the Eye of the World. And I guess the Eye of the World is just location now, I guess, instead of the pool. And that's where the Horn of Valir was. It was at the pool of the under the pool of Sadine that uh, got drained when Rand went crazy, blasted. He, he first teleports and blasts the Trolloc army. Then he teleports back and blasts Balzamon. He makes a lightsaber out of the One Power and just smacks the crap out of uh, the Dark One. And that scene, okay, that's which is which is really cool, like he basically makes lightsabers of the one power, and that's like kind of his go-to sword when he doesn't actually have a sword on him. It's great, uh, and they didn't show that, which was a little bit sad. He just like it looks like he's cool. it looks it looks like he's handing them the Terangriol. It's like here, take it. Yeah, that is what kind of happened, but he the guy just doesn't do it. I think I, I think it was just a projection of uh one of the Forsaken. I don't even think he was really there. That's the way the show presents it because as he's getting blown away he's smiling like he like he knows like nothing's happening to him that's that's the way it looked to me well there's one yeah, part I felt like the stakes couldn't have on. been lower oh yeah the, well, the last not the, there yeah the last episode was absolutely miserable it it made very little sense uh fane's got matt's ruby hilted dagger that thing if that thing nicks you You'll die and with disease and pus, and just you'll just decay like Shatter Logoth. Like that thing is a super dangerous dagger. Even to get nicked, like, if you get nicked, you're dead. And it looks like he's stabbing Loyal with that ruby hilted dagger over and over and over again. He doesn't know what the dagger does. <laughs> also, Loyal doesn't die, and he's already said Loyal's fine because he's shooting the next season. I'm like, then why are you showing him being stabbed? Like, because he's going to survive. They want to. They want to feel like the stakes mattered when they don't. <laughs> like again, we're we're in a fantasy world where anybody can die and anything can happen, and there are no rules, and we can just I can just walk over a hill, and no one's going to find me or follow me. And speaking of no rules, the one power cannot heal death. That is something that happens, though. It Kinda, cannot sorta. heal death. 
In the show, it can. <laughs> Skywalker says otherwise. No, it can't. You can't do it. You can't. You can't heal death with the one power. Uh, there's a point in the books where Rand accidentally kills a woman, uh, and he starts channeling one power into her, and she basically starts getting up and shambling like a zombie while he's channeling the one power into her. And then it's like, yeah, it's not working. Has to kind of give up. Gives up. Well, before we jump over to the to the ladies that were in uh, war, they. I want to know a little bit about how they're uh, they they gentle Moraine in the show. They decide to gentle her. Is that something that happens in the books? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. I, yeah. <laughs> they gentle they gentle Moraine, Ask and Rand me. is just like, "I'm going away now." <laughs> I should have brought a bigger bottle of sake. Ask me if something happens in the show again. I dare you. In the books again, <laughs> I dare you. The answer will be. No, probably. No. Okay, so they don't gentle Moraine. That was like a major thing. I feel that happened. Moraine does get in battle and she gets messed up. Like she gets hurt pretty bad, but she does not get gentled. Actually, if you look at the special effects, it looks like she's being shielded. Like well, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you if you freeze frame the special effects, it looks like she's being shielded, kind of like um, Logan was in episode four. But I think okay. Rafe has said in interviews she is still, and I'm guessing that's what they're going to be doing in season two, trying to get her her fixed. Um, well, yeah, that's, so they're not going to they're not going to leave the who they consider the main character with no powers. Yeah, so they're going to spend. They're going to make it so that they don't have to spend as much budget on her using any kind of special effects until probably the end of the season. <laughs> Let's hope they don't do that. Probably. That's probably what they're going to do. They're just like, oh, we're not going to blow our special effects budget on her. We're just going to take the powers <laughs> away. <laughs> Keep her powers away from now, her. Now that we have more people who can use the one power, we can't let her have all the special effects budget. Yeah. Okay, so, so Rand just really, he, they, he just goes away and he's like, I'm doing my own thing now. And then we don't see him again. Then we ask, jump over. Ask me if that happens in the book. David. Does Rand just say he's going to disappear and do whatever he wants in the books? No. Which, okay. again, is, with as dangerous as he is, how on earth are they just going to let him walk away? That's why you go left. in there with him in chains with 50 armed guards, okay? You don't just say, you know what, just the two of us, let's go on a hike into, you know, Mordor and see what happens. Well, Rand does go off on his own, but not here. The book two opens with Land teaching Rand how to use his sword better. I mean, there's like a prologue that's like the dark one and doing shit, but 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 basically the first chapter after you get after past the prologue is Land teaching Rand how to use the sword. So no, Rand does not run off at the end of Eye of the World. He is training with Land at the beginning of the next book. Good. Hey, Honey, that's learning. weird. Why would you train? Why would you train your main character to defend himself with a weapon? Learning, learning how to use the main sword. Uh, the sword, the, the Heron Mark. They keep bringing up the Heron Mark. This is Blademaster sword. They've done nothing to train him yet in the, in the show. I'm like, well, I've got this Blademaster sword. Yeah, congratulations. I got a katana on the wall, too. That doesn't make me a samurai. <laughs> what? Since when? Uh, also, the one time we did see a weapons training was with, with a guy who committed suicide who wasn't in the books. Or at least not in that capacity. Well, it seems like it, the the moral of the story here so far is it doesn't happen in the books. That's not in the books. It's not in the books. Which again, 
if you're not going to use the stuff from the books, if you're going to make stuff up, why are you going to make a show for the fans? Okay? They could have easily just taken all of these ideas, made their own show, and not had to pay royalties. Okay? Look no further than Mass Effect, Dragon Age, okay? Any of these, you know, Anthem, where you basically say, you know what, we're just going to make this up. We're going to, we're inspired by these things, but we're going to make it up and not have to pay royalties to anybody. Yeah, yeah. I I don't don't know. (laughs) Let's let's go where Bioware cut their teeth on making Baldur's Gate games. They made Dungeons & Dragons games. And they paid hefty royalties on those licenses for all of those games. And they still are. When you just say, you know what, we're just going to make our own thing. And and then we wouldn't be having this argument. We'd be saying, wow, this was some really cool ideas. We'd be, yeah, we'd be judging the show on its, on its own merits instead of uh, it being Compare. based on a property. Which is the same issue with Star Trek Discovery. It's Star Trek Discovery being a prequel undermines everything that happens in it. If Star Trek Discovery was a sequel show, then there'd be less lore to complain about. But since they get everything wrong, it's, it, it becomes an issue. It's like, it's like they try to set themselves up to be at some kind of fault. And I'm just like, why? I mean, it's so simple to just avoid it completely. Yeah. It's, it's not like we watch the Orville and go, you know what? That's not how the warp drive works. Yeah. Pretty much. I, I it's, I just don't understand. I mean, I was so excited for this show. I just, Wheel of Time is my favorite book series of all time. Like, it's my favorite story. I love it to death. And it's just like gut punch after gut punch after gut punch. Star Wars. I'm at the it point hurts. of, I'm at the point of apathy for Star Wars. Uh, Mandalorian's but still really good. I'm not a Doctor Who fan. That's, a, that's all I got to say there. I mean, oh, I, God, I, don't, I, let's I, not talk I, about that. Let's I, leave that I, one to the ground. Like Star Trek, I'm starting to get to the point of apathy with Star Trek with their new shows. It's just like, not good. I mean, Lower Decks is the one little shining bit of hope in that Star Trek universe where it's still enjoy enjoyable television. Just like everything I'm looking forward to lately has just been not Dune good. Part Two. You got Dune Part Two. Dune that's part not two. Bad. Yeah, that's true. We got Dune Part yeah, Two. Yeah, come on, got, come on, positivity. Dune Two. Like you guys said. The second half is the tough part of that book to yeah, make. I, I we have no idea. We've seen nothing regarding that second half. That's, that's well. I mean, the movie's still kind of like new. And well, sure, but the thing is, we're they, not going to get a trailer for they it. Also, they also they're like, like if they're not currently working on the second movie. Then then they're behind the curve because they should be. I mean, we should be getting teaser trailers probably in the springtime. Yeah, that's. I mean, we're still in winter. We can still get there. I I trust Denny Villeneuve. He's he's he knows what he's doing. But the thing is, he played it so safe with the first half, being making the movie so grounded in, in a kind of reality that it's believable. Like he didn't do anything too weird in the first one. So like the fact that the second half is going to be so weird, I don't know how he's going to be able to ground it or if he's going to have to make it up as he goes. Cause I mean, he did make a lot of changes, but it felt like a, a good adaption because I mean, I did complain a little bit about how, how things were changed, but like it made sense. It made it approachable for someone who hasn't read the material more, more so than the 1984 Dune more so than the sci-fi Dune more so than reading the novel itself. It made it, it, Made it simpler to follow, which is good. But the second half of that story, I'm... it goes wild. 
Yeah, it goes wild. <laughs> that, that's why the 1984 Dune falls apart. Well, it's it's even more than that. It's not even that the second, I mean, the second half has a lot of big events and a lot of big set pieces, but it doesn't have a lot of dialogue. That's really the problem is, how are they going to address the fact that the second half of the book has, you know, maybe a hundred lines in it? Are we just going to just have, is it just going to all be visual? Or are we going to get Mad Max Fury Road 2? I think that actually, actually that's, awesome. that's, Mad Max that, was good. I'll take that. That's not, that's not bad. Fury Road was actually pretty, pretty entertaining. <laughs> that was pretty good. But, uh, well, you know, that movie, they, they filmed it basically without a script. They, they had it storyboarded. They didn't have a script. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, but let's, Wheel of Time, let's reel it back in. Let's but, reel it back in here. We got a war time, to fuck about. But Wheel of Time is 15 books long. Uh, there is... This show's not dialogue. making 15 seasons. I don't think. Well, right now, it's not making 15 seasons. Well, the thing is, it's fine. Stuff it, if, you're cutting, if you're cutting stuff out of the book to make it more condensed, that's fine. But they're not even doing that. They're, I mean, they're, they are cutting stuff out of the book, but they're just aching up so much other stuff. It's just like, why... why why isn't this your own own creation at this point? Um, so the battle. What did you want to talk about with the uh, the battle, Brian? Uh, well, I want to talk about how there's pretty much like untrained Aes Sedai kind of, and they're just like forced to give this random woman who I don't really know that well power, and she like defeats the entire army by herself. So like, I don't know. Then they all just kind of like die, and then one of them gets resurrected, kind of. I, it was, I don't like my goblin brain, like, liked the way it looked, but like, as soon as you start to like talk about it, it completely falls apart because there's, it doesn't make any sense at all. At least that's what I was. Your, your thoughts on that, Brad? Again, when, when we're the one power, like I can even understand the force in star Wars. Okay. Because the force we never really see in the movies anything absolutely insane take place, okay? When you start getting into some of the video games or whatever, where you see, you know, Star Destroyers pulled out of space with the Force, that's one thing. But with the one power, we have, I mean, they, they don't explain what can it do, what can't it do. I thought the, the thing where she pulled the darkness out of Matt and put it back into the knife, that's really cool, but I mean, that's... What's the mechanics behind that? How is she able to even do that? We we don't understand, and it, and it's not explained in the show at all. And yeah, the, the, I, I don't know. It just seems to be the ultimate MacGuffin. The One Power is very detailed magic system books, and they haven't even tried to explain it. I don't even think they've used the word Sadine in the entire uh, show, which is the male half of the One Power. They did use it in the the animated short Sadar and Sadine. But they haven't used it in the book. So, uh, the one power is made up of five powers earth, fire, water, wind, and spirit. Um, like your classic, like elemental powers. Sure. Um, so, so what part of that is, is, is ripping darkness out of someone? I mean, spirit. I guess. I don't know. I mean, Again, we're dealing with a world with but, no real rules. Okay, there are... even even when you look at like the Elder Scrolls games, one of the big things that they always hammer on is in the Elder Scrolls games, there is no resurrection. There is no if you die, you are dead. Period. Okay, 
So even that has a, an understandable system. This just doesn't. I, I mean, it, it, the, the problem is they're making up so much stuff, they're really going to end up biting themselves in the butt, I think, at some point. Because, I mean, if they ever do start explaining the rules, they're going to be like, well, what about all the stuff in Season 1? Uh, it, so, what's happening is that they're link, they're, they're, it's not linking, and she's... Uh, She's pulling power through them, which is a little bit different than the linking we saw with Logan. Uh, she's doing all the power herself, whereas linking, they're all kind of working together. Uh, what she's doing is she's controlling it all herself. She, they described it in the episode seven that she she can barely light a candle with the one power, but she was trained enough to become an accept and accepted. So I guess she was trained in the technique to do this. Usually in this procedure in the books, the strongest person is the one doing it because the the more strong you are in the one power, the more power you can take before burning out. Uh, theoretically, she should have burnt out first since her innate power with the one power and pulling four people, especially Nynaeve, even if she was just chained with Nynaeve and pulling Nynaeve's power by itself should have burnt her out. But she was pulling from Nynaeve and then Egwene. Egwene is not as strong as Nynaeve, but she's close uh, in terms of like raw power level. Well, then and there's it, two other people. And then there's but, two other people yeah. of uh, we don't know their power level. Uh, 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 I'm assuming they're as weak as the woman who started the the chain in, in this uh, scene because they probably weren't trained at all and she at least had the accepted ring. Uh... I don't understand. I mean, I, I mean, they're explaining that they're that you can burn yourself out with the one power, which is an important fact that you can kill yourself if you or other people if you draw too much of the one power. But I really feel like it should have just killed her and it should have broken the chain, and that would have been fine because Egwene is stronger than the one power, but she's not like this magic healer. Like Nynaeve is the one who's like the super healer who can who's figured out how to heal things that weren't thought healable ever, or, or not since the Age of Legends. Nynaeve is the super healer, and the fact that Nynaeve burns out and Egwin, who isn't known as a healer in the books and isn't as strong, just resurrects her? I mean, people are saying <laughs> people are saying that she's, like, not dead, she's just mostly dead, but I'm like, she looks almost as burnt out as everyone else, so I'm like, we're not really clear on the levels of death here. Like, are the other two? I don't think they're not going to kill her. They're they, not. I don't. They're not killing her. She's too important to kill. Go to Max and get the magic pill, and yeah, yeah she's going to get some some plant to save her. Mostly dead is partly alive. <laughs> um, but it's just uh, are the other girls resurrectable? Like, are they really dead? Like, I we there's so little explanation here, and it's just so poorly done. So poorly executed. They're just giving people things to do, and they're just destroying the lore of the show just by giving them things to do. I, I, but it looked cool. It I mean, looked cool. It looked cool blowing up the Trollocs, but it looked cooler when Rand did it in the books because Rand like does the lightning thing, then he jumps down, the hammers the Rand's doing his own it. thing now, David. He's doing his own thing now. He's he did, he did, he, yeah, he yeah he's leaving. Just just oh, he's doing. Power just wander the countryside, and smell the flowers. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Oh no, he's doing what he did in the books, but just off screen for a while. Yeah, oh, exactly, yeah, exactly. You got to figure it out. Still, in the, okay, he'll just come. It's back still canon. Back. It's still. It's we're still. It's still good. Oh, so he'll just be training with Land at the beginning of book. Yeah, he's they're, like, oh, they're, he's yeah, like, oh yeah. He's like, I finished my walk. I'm fine. I just had to take a shit out in the woods. Yeah. 
Simple. Well, we're gonna go. No, what we're gonna do is go the Gary Stu route, where now in the next season he's the greatest sword fighter when nobody has trained him. He knows how to use the one power better than anyone else, even though he has no no instruction. You know, where where and then just watch. Everybody's gonna be like, "This is Gary Stu. He's the same as Ray." Yeah, yeah, pre- pretty pretty much. When in the book, it's not not quite that way. I mean. <sighs> It, again, the, in, the, the, in the books, the, the, the problem here is you shouldn't have to be the one here explaining this. OK, we should just know the show should tell us. So we know exactly. And traditionally, when you're telling especially fantasy stories, we're doing the hero's journey. Right. Does it feel like Rand is on the hero's journey on this show? Does he feel like it in the books? Who's Rand? Hey, there's your problem. Have we had any character development with Rand other than that? Oh, he can shoot a bow. I'm he can mad. shoot a bow and arrow. I'm mad at Perrin because he he said something about Egoid. He does a lot of blank stares at the camera and a lot of open mouth. <laughs> yeah, he has like a cool he... jacket too. Oh yeah, this his jacket is his most. He has a cool jacket. He can use bow and arrows. You know, and he's a free spirit. I I really think that they they put entirely too much stock in. People not knowing and the big reveal that he's the Dragon Reborn and that that was that was what they built this first season on instead. Excuse me. Instead of just saying straight up. He's the chosen one. Let's follow his story. I mean, in the books, it's not even super short. Rand doesn't even super embrace being the Dragon Reborn until the third book. Like he he goes, he's really wishy-washy. He says, no, no, I can't be. I can't be like uh, for like. Book two and part of book three, and book three is when he like really comes into it, like really accepting that he is the dragon. If you're a man that can use the one power, it's kind of it kind of narrows it down, doesn't it? Well, Logan thought he was the dragon, and he's and he's like, oh no, I'm not the dragon. I got stilled. It's not me. It's not me. I get gentle. Too. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't have the protagonist plot armor. You know, if if you don't, if you don't have the little name tag that says protagonist, it doesn't matter. It just has a sticker. Hello, I'm the protagonist. I don't, I don't <laughs> even think. I don't even think Rand has that sticker because uh, Moraine's the main character. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, Rand, that, Rand's not even going to be in season two. It's just going to be Moraine. Yeah, it's just it's going to be the Moraine he's, show. He's off. He's doing his own thing now. He's he's done. He's he's being the hero. <laughs> Everyone knows. The they, they told his story. He's done now. Done. The dragon's well, not that there's, important. There's only one more thing I want to talk about. Okay. Pat and Fane. With his big old him. with his big old mouth. They show him again. I like. I brought him up the first time we talked about him, and I bring him up again. I like that guy. I don't know why I like him yet, and I'm happy he's going to be in season two. I don't know anything about him. I don't really know what he's about, but like, he shows up. He's I, got like cronies with him. I I wish he had more to do. He yeah, he's cool. To, he was supposed to have a showdown with Matt because of the dagger. No, that Matt's not there, so they just like yeah, shoehorn Perrin into that scene, or because well, he's there. Well, what else would they do? Because they can't. They weren't getting Matt back, so like yeah. they had. I guess Perrin was because really in the last two episodes, that's all Perrin does is kind of just like has a has a showdown with Pen Fane. That's yeah. really all he does, and he just kind of stares at him and watches him walk away and. I I wish they would have kind of gone again, gone into Fane more because in in the book he was more like Smeagol, 
Like he's a oh. dark, like he he's a dark friend. He's like all it twisted. Like he's all twisted and gnarly, and like he's been tortured by the Trollocs and the Fades. And it's got a big t- mouth. They're telling him he's gonna like be you know eaten once we're done with him. Like once he's like like he's like a tortured soul. <clears throat> Excuse me. So like, he's yeah. like, and he's like, I, I like Swanky Fane because they in the show he's like super swanky. And he's like, I got yeah, it. He's, cool, like, he's cool. Like I I I like him, but like it would have been nice to get more backstory on him. Like. He'd been coming to the two rivers for a long time. They explain more of his. He just kind of showed up too. Like he, he, just, he was like, just like, "I'm he here." Just, he just sits there and looks like he's. Kidding. I'm here, and he's like, "Well, this is what's gonna happen. This is what's gonna happen. I'm taking the horn of Valair, which they, they never even mentioned the horn of Valair before this point. There should have been several mentions. Uh, this I was like, I was like, why? Why do they what care? Took. What are they really yeah, trying? I to? don't know. No the, idea what he took. The horn is is like the super is like the nuke of the um. Of the world of the wheel of it's time, the, bat- it's the horn of Gondor. It's it's better. This this is uh this summons all the dead heroes from the past to fight for you. Oh wow, that is pretty strong. Yeah, it's it's like it's like it's like Final Fantasy, but it's every summon all at once. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's 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 literally a nuke, and and it gets bound to one person. So only if one person blows the horn, only Pan they can only they can blow Who's the gonna horn. Eat it. He's gonna absorb the horn into his mouth because his mouth is so big. <laughs> he, um. So, so once once someone dies, then someone else can blow the horn and summon him. But for everyone else, like once the horn has been blown by one person, while that person's still alive, everyone else is just a horn. But for that one person, he'll blow it and it summons all the heroes from the past, which is gonna come up in the next book because the next book is called The Great Hunt, which is where they're yeah. hunting for the horn and for Matt's dagger. Or maybe they'll just skip that book. Which which again. Book. I feel like there are no stakes at this point. I feel like there are no stakes. Now that you've explained the horn, now it's okay. Those are cool. stakes. Yeah. But it's like, well, we're going to take this thing. Okay. It's like it's like they're making it for people who, who are fans of the, the books, and they know what it is, but they're not explaining it, but they're doing a bad job of making an adaption of the book, so they're making them unhappy. But at the same time, they're not explaining the importance of things to the people who haven't read the books. Like, the Horn of Larry, that's a big deal. That's a super weapon, basically, for the Wheel of Time. And... You say that, but it's... that's Okay. <laughs> I mean, now you know. It's just... Thank you, David. Thank, Thank you for that, explaining uh, the lore of the show for me. <laughs> Thanks for doing the show's job. You're welcome. Thanks for doing the show's job. You're doing a great you know what, job. David, David, I will thank you. You you have enlightened me to the fact that this show is a thousand times worse. At first, I thought, you know what? It could just be kind of a popcorn show. You turn off your brain and you can enjoy it. Now I'm realizing somebody actively hates the fan base. That's what I feel There's like for Star Trek and Star there. Wars. It, it's it's just it hurts. It's like I'm a fan of these these properties, and they're just like they don't care about you. They care they about money. But if they cared about money, they'd make it so that the fans would want to spend more on it, not spend less on it. I, I don't understand. It's, it's like they're they don't like money as much as they think they do. Well, you're more you're more niche than a general audience. Well, but but to be fair, <laughs> excuse me. To be fair. He's right. I mean, Amazon is putting out the show. Amazon should be hyping memorabilia. It should be selling Aes Sedai rings. It should have, you know, there should be merchandising tied in with this for the fans. They should have a reissue of the books. It should have all these other things. And it's and, like... 
Excuse me, can I get the classic Aesodyne ring and not the Aesodyne ring in the show? Please? I, I just want the, 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 the ring with the serpent biting its own tail flesh. But, oh, I mean, when you really think about it, part of why Star Wars and Lord of the Rings have the, the cultural impact that Avatar didn't is because there was a billion pieces of merchandise out there with those things. Merchandise, merchandise, Spaceballs the breakfast soil, Spaceballs the towel, Spaceballs the flamethrower. I mean, I'm sorry, but if you haven't played, like, Shadow of Mordor, it's an outstanding game. You know, there's merchandise out there. There's there's stuff to, to continue on with all of this. And it's like, I just feel like they, they I, I don't know, I don't know who's making the decisions, but they missed a lot of opportunities. Oh, Bombadil's making the decisions. They cut me. I'm cutting everything else. I'm cutting the green man. I'm cutting the ice diving. I'm cutting most of the plot. Green man. Gone. Tom Bombadil. Gone. Tom Bombadil's calling the shots. That's that's the deep cuts. Uh, Well, I think we've reached our pinnacle of because there's, see, there's a character in Wheel of Time called the Green Man, who's at the eye of the world, and he's basically the Tom Bombadil of uh, Wheel of Time, and he was also cut. Of course. Because of course he was. Because of, of course. course. All I know is, I'm extremely nervous about the Amazon Lord of the Rings show at this point. What's a book? Uh, that Yeah, that's going to be a problem, I think. Well, so I mean, you should be worried. Uh, Wheel of Time wasn't in the cards for an Amazon TV show till like a year or so after they announced the uh, the Lord of the Rings show. Where is the Lord of the Rings show? Well, it's not coming out till next year. But it was announced years before the Wheel of Time show, and the Wheel of Time show is out. I think Maybe they're being more taking them four years to make Hopefully, like three three uh you know. 40-minute episodes. I mean, hopefully they're taking more care, because, I mean, the the visual look of Wheel of Time was all over the place. It was messy. Like, the Trollocs looked like Xbox 360 Trollocs. And well, sometimes they look the, good. The last scene. And, like, in the, in the scene uh, at the Gap, they looked awful. They looked great in the first couple episodes, but in the Gap, like, the show's look is so inconsistent, it's... It's just, I don't understand what's going on. And they're capable of great stuff, because just look at the episode 7 cold open. That was absolutely phenomenal in every way possible. Yeah. Well, David, would you recommend season 1 of The Wheel of Time? Um... As he thinks. Tentatively, if it can pick up in season 2 and season 3. Otherwise... Read the books. The books are the best. They're my favorite fantasy series of all time. Read the books. Uh, the show's the, show, the show's okay. Like I gave it a six. It's not irredeemable. Like you can adapt it if you start adapting it better and actually use the story. And I, it starts resonating with me. I'm like, oh yeah, that's like you know, it's the story I remember. These are the characters I'm in love with. You know, like I, you know. If you if you start making it more Wheel of Time, and you know it, it's an adaption, it's never going to be a one to one. You got to cut stuff for time, but when you're cutting stuff for time and inserting ninety percent stuff that never happened, that's like it feels disingenuous. That's why I don't, that that's why I don't think two extra episodes could have fixed the show, because if you're going to add two more episodes of more filler that never happened, is it 
I mean, gonna we, be, it's going to change anything. I mean, we had two episodes that could have been adapted from the book that were complete filler. That sure, I, I, I have no idea like what, what they were what they were thinking. So Brad. tentatively, I, I I would. Would you recommend the Wheel of Time season one? No, uh, there are. Uh hundred better things to watch i will say if you want to just turn it on and just watch it to watch it that's fine i mean there's it's not there's nothing prohibitively bad to make you not want to watch the show some of the effect shots are really cool some of the fight scenes are really cool some of the characters and whatnot are interesting if you're one of those people that's gonna turn on your brain and ask questions and anything else there's a thousand other things on that are better to watch. I, for the same reasons that you just said, Brad, I also wouldn't recommend it, but I'll say that with a little bit of what David said, tentatively, depending on how good season two can be right now, there's only one season. It's not worth watching it just to get it out of the way. Don't watch it unless season two can pick it up at all. That's what I'll say about that. It's just the show's not irredeemable. Like it, it, it could be better. I, I mean, maybe it will be better. It has I mean, to be better. It might, it might be a new showrunner. It took a long time for he's, The Walking Dead to get Greg Nicotero. Please, God, let them get a better showrunner. Like the thing is, there are some insurmountable issues. Season one just could not recover from. Losing Barney playing Matt was a huge blow to the show, a huge blow to how the writing had to go for the last two episodes. Like, just, it, it, there was going to be a bad problem with the show, no matter what, because of the departure. Like, I think that it was unavoidable. Even if you had better writers, which the show probably needs, I, I still think it's next to unavoidable having some kind of falling apart because of missing a major cast member. Um, so I, I kind of got to forgive them a little bit, but that's doesn't excuse them for the first six episodes where they just made up most of it. And and the thing is like at episode two with the, 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 the Manetheran song and that exposition and that dialogue, like why couldn't we've got more of that? Like, like sure you got to cut stuff out, but you can like fill in the gaps of the lore with like nice little moments between your characters like bonding and stuff like that. Like didn't get much bonding between the characters. That's boring. Come on. I don't know. Like we just didn't get any character developed for main characters. Tom was better developed in two episodes than Rand was in the entire series. Like Aaron, you know, got robbed of, of things that he would just sit there looking dumb most of the time. Like I feel bad for him. Like he, he's a good actor. Like he, he's got some good acting chops. Like, when he went in this rage Hulk out mode and realized he killed his wife. I mean, that was a solid piece of acting. Like I still hate it because it wasn't in the books and it just kind of ruins his character. It makes him less likable. I mean, my wife was like, Oh, I hate him that he's got to do with the wolves. Cause I hate that he killed his wife. I'm just like, uh, I mean like the wolf power is cool, but they also haven't really explained that. Cause they cut out a character that talks about how the wolf powers work and who also has the wolf powers. Like, I don't know. They, they, they cut out so much. Like, <sighs> I, I think we're in another like Game of Thrones situation where we get upset because of what should have been, what could have been versus what we got. Hmm. So, 
Yeah, I, I, I just... I'm just such a big fan. Just like I was a big fan of Star Trek, and then so disappointed at, at those coming out. And then uh, I've got a friend, Carla, who's been a longtime listener of the show. She started watching Wheel of Time because of our first podcast on it. So we're sorry we're, we're kind of negative on it, but she did buy the first six books, so she'll be able to enjoy the books and enjoy how good this series actually is. So I it's encourage any of you... This is this is the second worst pain that I've seen you go through on YouTube so far. I mean, this is this is the second worst pain that I've seen you experience because you're clearly distressed. I've seen you clearly distressed on video before. Oh yeah, my kidney stone. This is like <laughs> the wheel of kidney stone. <sighs> this is this is this is almost this is like a lot of the same features. You're just not shuffling in your chair quite as much. Yeah, so, bottom line, if you like fantasy and are interested in the show, if you watch the show, there's more. There's a lot more, and it's really good. Read the books. They're absolutely amazing. If you don't like reading, get them on audiobook. We're not sponsored by anybody. I've listened to many of them on Audible. I love them. Uh, it, it makes it a lot easier to get through. Like, I never actually read the Game of Thrones books. I only listened to them on Audible. So I don't even know if I would have liked them reading them because I, I've, I, I'm I've so into listening to stuff now. So if you're into reading, read. If you're into listening, listen. Like, these books are worth the story. It, there's so much more. You're, you're missing so much good stuff uh, if you don't read or listen to them. I encourage you to do what Carla did. Get those books. Listen to them. Read them. Whichever. The show's okay. I hope the show will become great. We'll, we'll have to just wait and see. Let's see how the next couple seasons pan out. I mean, I'm not giving up on the show. I'm definitely going to watch it, but I'm definitely not excited anymore. I, I'm tentatively uh, worried. And oh, what about the... We didn't cover the, the, the cliffhanger for next season. The people with the BSTM ball gags. things... Ball gags, yeah. Uh, those are supposed to be collars. They're 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 Sedai, or they're people who can channel. They're 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 uh Sul, they're called Suldam, and they're controlled by the Adam, which is a collar, and a person basically just uses them as a pet. I mean, it is BSDM themed, but like the collar makes more sense because Nynaeve, like some of our main characters get taken by these people for a while. So like it's it, and if there's the stakes, we don't under none of this is spelled out. None of this is addressed. All they These do guys is, show up on ships. So what? All they do is tie away like a, a six-year-old girl. Like, okay, why? Why did you? Like, why? If, if there was an what ar- did that little girl do? If there was an army there waiting for them, and the army gets tied waved, that could have been like, whoa. But it was just a little girl. Like, why are you tied waving, little girl? Like, she's one little girl. I, it just like nothing about that last scene made any impact. sense. That made zero no sense, and oh, and it just made me roll my eyes. Like they ruined the, the sh- they ruined the eye I ring. They ruined the Sean Chan with it by, by having them with a thing in their mouth instead of a thing around their neck. Like it's just, like these things. I, I literally until you brought it up, I I had completely even forgotten how this. Yeah, season, I forgot about these, it too. These it things. These things are so well described in the books, and then they just do something else, and I'm like. Why? Why not? Why? Why is this called Wheel of Time? Why are you are you taking stuff from the books and changing it just to change it? 
it's not making it better. Like if you're changing it, it should be for sake of time because you just don't have time to cover it or you should be trying to improve it in some way. And none of the changes have made anything better in my personal opinion. And my wife watched the show and she was like, what the F most of the time. Brian was like, what do you have? I mean, last time, I mean, even this time too, I've had to explain what they're trying to do because the show does not present itself. Well, well the things are more clear now because of your help, not only because of this podcast, because of what we talk off the podcast about what's going on as well. Cause otherwise it would just be you explaining what's going on for the entire time. <laughs> well, and, and again, it's, you know, my, my final thought is, is again, it's always the one foremost in my mind. Cause my father told it to me a hundred times leading up to even today, son, I'm not angry. I'm just so darn disappointed. <laughs> Man, him those hitting are, the wheel of time with that. Those are those are wise final words. I'm disappointed in Star Wars. I'm disappointed in Star Trek lately, and Wheel Time is also disappointed me. We're just disappointed. Just disappointed. On well, that note. <laughs> on that note, we'll see you in two weeks for the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> back to normal scheduling yeah back to normal scheduling. holidays are done new year holidays are done uh thank you so much for tuning in and listening uh follow us on all the things subscribe to us and email uh, david at synthaholics at yahoo.com email us at synthaholics at yahoo.com and uh thank you all for listening and and i'm glad some of you are trying to wheel of time uh like i said before just go for the books uh as supplementary material because the show is just as enough Goodbye. <laughs> one power be with you, one and all. I thought you were gonna. I guess. I guess this My time. Got me these for Christmas. <laughs> Smurf- one of these days, let's use these things. Smurf ears. Yes. Oh, I, I said let's do a sound check, Brian. And you're like, this doesn't even ever work. It doesn't make us sound better. I just, I just do the sound check to make sure we can be heard at all. I don't know how how to make it better. So, Brian, you should research that. Why do you come out so loud? I I sound fine in the sound checks. I don't sound fine on the stream, though. A a lot of it is, Brian, is that you you make sweet, passionate love to your microphone during the the recording (laughs) sessions. It's a... I deep-built my microphone when I... I I mean... Yeah, I mean... Oh, man. We got outtakes what? this time talking about deep throat and microphones and everything. This is going to be after the <laughs> after the show. Absolutely. After the show, after this, the show. That was the Synthaholics magic back in the this day. Is, Brad, this Brad, is the show after the show. Yeah, Brad, yeah, this is the show after the show. Uh, uh, Brad, you can attest to that because he's heard our old outtakes. I would just put the mic on before we recorded and we'd say uh, uh, ridiculous things. And then it, it just comes on. Some really great show. ones. And then tone it back ah. down to PG-13 because we'll get canceled off the internet if we don't be PG-13. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see, you, see, you put it at the end. You put it at the very end because people have to listen up until the end. And then, you know, people don't do that unless they're really into the show. All right. I think that's all right. We're all here. We can do a yield sound checkamaroo. Well, these we do these every time and it doesn't seem to fix anything. <laughs> Well, I'm always I'm always too loud. Well, that the thing is, I like doing sound check just to make sure we're here. It, it more or less records right. Here. Checking I'm checking hidden. issues. I always do a sound check before a sound. I do a sound check before my streams to make sure. We need to do a sound check. Make sure we sound super awesome. 
That sounds really cool, guys. I, I do a sound check before my streams to make sure my audio comes through because sometimes your audio doesn't come through. See, there we go. My microphone was set to my Razor Keo instead of my Blue Snowball. So, oh, yeah, that's that definitely sounds better. That, sound, that, definitely that sounds, sounds better. That sounds betterly. Betterly. Razor. Well, I like better. to sound betterly. Betterly ish. Betterly ish. Okay. Betterly ish. Okay. Oh, like 